Hello and welcome to the Pete Barter Podcast, where you will join Pete in interviewing top-level thought leaders in education, music, and business, as well as a sneak peek into Pete's thoughts and challenges. This episode is all about... We're going to dig back into the archives and have a listen to some of the amazing interviews that I've done with some extraordinary artists and business people and coaches and mentors that I've had the absolute privilege and honor to associate with and to interview and to ask questions. Make sure you let me know who you want me to interview. I'll track them down and I'll ask the questions. Whatever you are doing right now, keep on doing it and enjoy this episode of the Pete Barter Podcast. Thank you so much for coming out, man. I've, usually I have a, uh, a script, mm-hmm. but I think just a conversation. It's not an interview. It's not an interrogation. It's just All right. you're inspiring to so many people, oh. and you've done so much, and you've probably seen more of the world than than most fighter pilots. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's yeah. certainly been a lot of places so it's far. Insane. But, but yeah, I'm just we're just gonna talk stuff yeah. and. Yeah, sure. I've heard bits and pieces about what you've done and you've mm-hmm. spoken at, at different forums and mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, just, you've just done so much. Mm-hmm. So many people are missing out on knowing that information. Mm. So okay. that's why I like to put this video together and add it to my interview reel. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so definitely really appreciate you coming out and spending oh, some time. Oh, no problem. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. And you're mm-hmm. off to a sound check a little later? A uh, gig, actually, yeah. I have a gig tonight um, with guitarist James Muller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new residency that's just started up a couple of weeks ago. So... He's obviously one of the best yes. jazz guitarists on the planet. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate uh, to be able to play with him on a weekly basis now. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I've been definitely shedding my jazz chops because yeah. <laughs> I haven't been doing a lot yeah. of that recently. But yeah. So what, when you, obviously we'll go back in a second, mm-hmm. but Cirque du Soleil, mm-hmm. what genre do you call that? Oh, wow. Afro Circus. Afro Circus. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Uh, world music I yeah. don't know one of those vague mm-hmm. genres um, I'm not sure you can really define Cirque du Soleil and I think that's the the great thing about it or one of the great things about it is it kind of transcends a lot of that kind of yeah. um, you know that pigeonholing of things yeah. so yeah I mean musically there's influences from all over the all over the world yeah. and um, you know the, the shows that I was doing in particular the second show Kuza had a lot of influence from like uh, Indian music as well as like 70s funk music and some heavy rock stuff so it really um, it it depends on the act you know uh, that kind of dictates what style the the piece might be in and did you find that because obviously your jazz thing is more prominent the gigs you're doing these days Mm. did you find that okay I just want to change it up a bit Mm. you know you can't just start you know Um, do you have that kind of Ability to, to, to change what you've been doing from the gig before to the gig you're on. Um, you mean in the show? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so the night before you've yeah. done something and then the next night you've gone, ah, yeah. I watched a bit of Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that is one of the cool things about um, Cirque as well is that uh, you do have um, some freedom to kind of change things up a little bit. Um, yeah. Of course, it depends on the show. The first show I was doing... Um, didn't really allow for so much musical freedom but the second one I was on uh, 
you, you could mix it up a little bit. I mean, there are certain limitations within that, but yeah. um, if you're, you know, smart about it and mature and, and you know, kind of have a clear direction of, of what you want to do, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can mix it up. And it's, it's kind of a bit of a misconception um, with, you know, playing in Cirque du Soleil. People kind of say, oh, you must get so bored playing the same music every night. And although it is the same, you know, music... Um, there's so many things that can change on a nightly basis. You've got to be on your toes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The arrangements and the the order of the acts and, um, you know, the versions of the acts and things like that. Um, cool. Let's, yeah. let's go back a step. Let's go back to Ben Todd at the Drum Tech um, competition. Mm. Let's, at, how old were you then? Uh, I believe I was 15, 15 at that time. So walk us through that, right? You've... Uh, you've the outline of drum tech is something amazing thanks to Frank and mm. it happens every year. It's yeah. just phenomenal. And, yeah. and he really gives opportunities to drummers yeah. um, and to to get to play at that. Yeah. What was... So let's go... Let's go... If you can remember, mm. let's go six months prior to that. Mm. Wow. Uh, well, I think um, I had heard about the Ultimate Drummers Weekend mm-hmm. um, you know, from when I was really young but never got a chance to go. Um, and that particular year, um, I was also very fortunate to be performing there with the drum corps that I'm, I was a member of at the time. Um, so I was already going over there anyway, but then when I kind of re- started researching the whole weekend and, and found that there was a competition, uh-huh. uh, you know, I became interested in that and, and be interested why? Um, because you know you're well, I you're think, very competitive, and if no, someone not, plays faster than you, you want to stab them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. I would. I think just because I was, um, yeah, I was quite young at that time, I guess, and I guess I just wanted to see, you know, how I compared to yeah. other drummers outside okay. of Adelaide, because yeah. of course that was all I was really exposed to, you know, um, and yeah, so it kind of just became a, a goal, I guess, a bit of a. A bit of a yeah, something to work towards, okay. and and yeah, I'd I'd never really done like a a drumming drum set competition like that before. Right. I'd done like a lot of talent shows in primary school, um, so I kind of had that. Um, I had a bit of a mental picture that it would be something like that. Okay, but um, but yeah, it was uh, Johnny Young Talent Time. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, yeah, and no, I was it was incredible experience and. And I was fortunate enough to win it, which you know, of course, I was, I was really surprised because I did. I, like I said, I didn't know, you know, what the standard so of the guys. Who were the like. judges? Oh, it was um, Dom Camilaro, yep. mm-hmm. Graham Morgan. Nice. Um, oh man, that's a. Uh, I'm blanking now. Who else was there Matt that year? Shulman. No, it wasn't that year. No, it was oh. oh Four, I think, okay. was when we went across. Right. I really don't remember. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that, I mean, yeah, just like it was this, the whole weekend, as you know, is like it's a insane. bit of a heaven right. for So drums. you're playing on the on the main stage in front of a spectating audience. Mm-hmm. How many is in that crowd? Oh, I would say, because that's, uh, that, the competition's in a separate area to like the theatre. Okay. So, but still them, there would have been a couple hundred people in there, okay. I guess. Okay. And then the six or seven judges or or whatever it was but okay. um yeah i was 
probably the most nervous I've ever been. It's the kind of <laughs> judging that happens that we see on these reality TV shows where mm. they give you some critiquing at the end of your performance, or it's just a quiet note. No, and it was deliberation really, at the end. Yeah, it was. Re- to be honest, I didn't even get to meet the judges. Like right. it, it, it kind of just I got up there and played, and then they mm. announced the results, and that was kind of it. You yeah. know, so I, in that sense, it was. I mean maybe some feedback would have been nice but at the same point it's like I, yeah. I won it so yeah. Yeah. Here's, your, here's your award and here's your ticket to America that's it yeah. so I after wish. winning that yeah. what was the process what was the next thing that you did the next well I guess the next main thing I did that that comp uh, in a way gave me a lot of confidence okay. I guess in my own playing and and you know, I'd been working towards like the whole Cirque du Soleil thing prior to that. Okay, but so that's that, always been a thing. Oh yeah, traveling circus. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wicked. It, nice. Since I was probably about ten or eleven, I think that's when I saw my first so Cirque good. show. Wow. But yeah, winning the comp that was it was maybe the, the boost I needed to really like start pushing for okay. it, and and so I started sending them you know tapes. Videos of me playing every six months or something wow. like that, okay. just to keep you know hassling them. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and a lot of people apply. Oh yeah, heaps heaps of people apply, and even more so now because um, their whole audition uh, database is online. So uh, even when I auditioned, that wasn't that long ago, maybe nine nine years ago, I guess I started auditioning. It was all video based, like physical. Send a tape. Send like make a DVD or, wow. and, and post it to them. Now, like you can just send them yeah. a YouTube link yeah. and, and they get more of that because it's easier to do exactly yeah, right. so by now their database of, of people trying to get in is, is massive um, yeah. so yeah I was I was you know very fortunate and yeah, still am very fortunate to be associated with the You're representing you know Australia and Adelaide more mm-hmm. particular the yeah. drummers of Adelaide yeah, and, yeah. you know there are there are a few drummers from Adelaide that have actually got that key yeah well I mean the, the guy that I recommended to take my place in the first show is a guy from Adelaide Paul okay. Butler and he's um, yeah he's he's still doing that show he's right. been doing it for four years I guess right. how long and, were you? Um, well I was with the company for about five and a half years the first part though isn't drumming on stage right it's learning and dancing and makeup the very first thing <laughs> yeah my very first day in Montreal when I started with the company was that yeah it was learning wow. makeup and because the first show I did um, I had to go on stage for a little bit mm-hmm. um, and kind of interact with the acrobats and the audience and had like a snare drum you mm-hmm. know on a sling yeah. around the neck and it was, it was all character based you know yeah. all movement and kind of yeah quasi dancing and yeah. I'd done like none of that before no. so that yeah. was like a I just a, want to play drums I know yeah, I it was that I just want to play drums yeah, you got I know wearing his makeup I know but yeah. that was day one yeah. of my whole experience with Cirque and it was a bit uh, like it was a shock for that, sure you <laughs> know that photo I commented on on Facebook where mm-hmm. I think it was your fifth birthday or something yeah you had makeup and yes like you were destined for that I know stage, I know I just craved so makeup I love it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. awesome and so so once you've you've got past the the, the training stage mm. for, for Cirque they you're obviously shortlisted enough to get over to Montreal yeah well by that point I'd or like I'd been signed to start with the show so they won't they won't fly you there you know to Montreal unless you know you're committed mm-hmm. so so I signed my contract um to, to start with the show and then I went to Montreal and we started doing all the training there so yeah. there was you know a little bit of like hesitation I, you know 
on my part when I first got there because I said it was such a shock that it was like all this dancing and, and makeup and costume. I, I mean, I knew some of that was going to be a part of it, but it was like, uh, do I really want to do this, you know? Because I did. I just wanted to play drums, yeah. and that was my whole my whole um, yeah. reason for wanting to join Cirque was to be part of that band. Right. And... Um, and it was a bit of a reality. The world's check. best. Like, the people in that band are all from all over the world as well. And yeah, it's it is kind of a really good ensemble of the best of the best. Yeah, you well, get in with you know a half. Yeah, half knowledge. Half yeah, drops. yeah. They, I mean, they really. I, I think they really try and um, try and target musicians who are you know have a lot of experience in different styles and and are willing are, are open minded as well. If you're just if you just come in and say I'm I'm just a rock guy, this is what I do. Yep. They're probably not going to be yep. too interested. If, right. But if you come in with yeah, like open mind and, and willing to try anything and you know mix genres and did they have you that. did they have a plan for you to go in a particular show or they just wanted to see how you yeah. developed? No, no, they that that particular show that I auditioned for was um, there was a long process for that specific show because. Um, all the shows are so different and yeah. you know I might not be as suited to one show as somebody else so for, for the first show that I was on it was kind of half drum kit and half hand percussion and world percussion which not everyone can do yeah, right. so um, you know in my videos I started putting some of that stuff in because I knew that you know it might have potentially given me an edge over just a drum set player yeah, yeah. Um, and in the end it did yeah so um, I was kind of chosen for that specific show and then my experience with the drum corps I think helped me with the on stage element of the show that was required okay yeah very cool so being on the show for uh, in total Mm. how many years from the first set to the last show you just did Uh, five and a half years five and a half years so I was with the over two shows over two shows with the first one for about 18 months and the second one for the rest of the time just quickly run through a few of your um Travel itineraries. Where we've been to. Well, how many people in the crew for a start? There's um, there's probably about 150 people on tour. There's about 60 artists, mm-hmm. and the rest are technicians, office staff, travel, immigration. Yeah, 150. Yeah. Okay. So, so when so so for the folks at home, mm. when you are when you're about to explain that like, you going from one city. Mm-hmm. To another city and all the things that happen in between, mm. buses, accommodation, mm-hmm. that's for 150 people. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It is huge. And it's, you know, the thing about it that's so amazing when you stand back. And, have you seen a circ- yes, show? Like in absolutely. the tent? Like, yeah, yeah. You look at it, that thing and you just imagine, like, it's hard to imagine that it all packs up into, yep. you know, I think it's about Carry 60 on. trucks. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. people's luggage, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, then it drives to the next city or flies to the next mm-hmm. country. And it's yeah. amazing. that. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge operation. And the fact that there's so many shows. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the amount of employees that that company has now is incredible. Just yeah. from where it started, like a couple of guys on the street busking mm. in Montreal like 30 years ago to, to the huge... And how many shows industry. are there currently? Um, I think there's about six or seven uh, touring shows. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll go in the big top. What's the one coming out? The one that's coming to Adelaide um, is called Totem. Yeah. And right. that's in a big top. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they have shows that just do arenas. Mm. So 
they'll go into an entertainment center and, and yeah. it's basically the same show just inside you know yeah. an, an arena so that's a great business model for them because yeah. it's a lot cheaper for them yeah, yeah. and they can move really fast they can yep. do like they can afford to do like four nights in extra. a city yeah. then extra nights yeah. yeah or just do a week in a city and right. move on right. rather than like the six uh, six or seven weeks that uh, the it, big top show was over. It was in a big top. Over was in a big top. That was yeah. uh, about a month, I think. Yeah, about that was a pretty short run. Yeah, probably about five or six weeks. So, but so when you're in, where? Okay, so you've just where have you been? Mm-hmm. What, what places have you stayed in? Uh, well, we I started um, in Japan. Okay. I was in Japan for about uh, well, in total, like over two years. And is it true you got out just after the earthquakes? We got no. Was we it, were there during the earthquake, actually. Yeah, right. So that was really. Yeah, horrible experience. Mm. Um, but wow. yeah, we're actually in the middle of a six-month run in Tokyo when that wow. earthquake hit, and we obviously like we cancelled our shows and we were evacuated. Uh, the whole company was evacuated to Macau um, because there were just so many aftershocks, and wow, we weren't sure what was going on with the radiation and all that stuff. So yeah, we left the country for a, a couple of weeks wow. and then came back to Japan, and there was still. A lot of aftershocks, and but you know people still came to the show and yeah, and they loved yeah. it, so Crazy, it was man. that was good. But so that was Japan, not uh, Japan, Russia, out and then back again. Yeah, and yeah. We did Russia for about six months, and we went to um, the States, for the US, for about six months, mm-hmm. and then um, we're about what, to in the States. Uh, we were in Phoenix. Okay. Um, Dallas, okay. Houston, <laughs> and um, so when you say the States, it's like. Six other major cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we. I mean, the show had actually already been in the states for about three years. Okay. So when we went back, it was only to kind of just to fill some time in our tour plan until we started our European run. Right. Okay. And then when we got to Europe, it was it was everywhere: Germany, yeah. France, Same. Spain, all over the place. So. Okay. Mm. So, was there a time where you went? Hang on, this is just amazing. This is good, mm. but. I need to go and settle down and record an album or something. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure, man, for sure. I mean, that's kind of ultimately why I, I I took a break from it. Like, I'm on, at the moment, I'm on a 12-month sabbatical. Right. So I... I Leap year? I, gap yeah, year. a gap year, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so I finished in, um, in August last year, mm-hmm. and um, I have the potential to go back in August of this year. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, of, of course... The gig is incredible and the travel is great and all that. But you know, if you if you do anything for five years, mm. you kind of start to get yep. a bit like like a marriage. Your feet. Well, <laughs> well, your wife's on tour with you. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, my <laughs> wife. Yeah, my, yeah, I was lucky that she was there yeah. as well. But um, but yeah, no. We just like we bought a house three years ago, and I think the longest that we lived in it at any one time was two weeks. Wow. So. <laughs> We, it was just kind of you know yeah. sitting there and and that was definitely a big draw card to come home was just yeah. to enjoy that and enjoy you know of course being with our family and friends yeah, again yeah. and as soon as you landed though you, you had gigs you yeah had stuff because I know that um, there was uh, Greece had mm-hmm. their show here mm. and you got that gig pretty much yeah like, that was that was a pure like fluke to be honest because yeah. I'd actually you know when I when I decided I was going to come home mm-hmm. I started lining up you know gigs and contacting people and saying you know is there any work pretty yeah. much and and also I just wanted to meet people so I knew Greece was going to be in town 
So I did what I used to do before I went on tour and, and sent an email to the MD of yep. the show mm-hmm. and said, I just want to, you know, have a coffee and have a chat and, yep. you know, ask about the, the musical theatre scene in Australia and potential of being involved in that. Yeah, yeah. So That's insane. That's a whole, yeah. you know, mate Darren Frugge has been Darren doing Frugia. it and Mark Charles is yeah. an inspiration as well and I've got to get him in the hot seat. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. He's been doing this stuff for years. That's, Definitely. That's you know, a whole other oh, scene. It's insane. For and sure, yeah. amazing and just to, to have a conversation with him about that. Yeah. Um, it's a whole different level. You've got, you know, you guys are in one completely different stratosphere. Yeah. Then you've got the the touring shows that yeah. he's played with Wicked. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I think then doing the Grease thing for you, and that that was that would be something different, challenging. Mm. But nothing that would probably would it did it scare you or? Um, it didn't scare me. The the thing that was bizarre about it was like I had coffee with this guy and it, just to have a chat, mm-hmm. and we were talking away, and he said so. Um, our drummer has to go back to Sydney tomorrow. He's had a family emergency. Would you? How do you feel about playing the show Here's tomorrow the night? It was literally that. So I met awesome. him. I met him on a Tuesday morning, and because I'd just come home, I didn't really have any gigs. So it but you've been jamming well. summer loving on the airplane on the way over, of course, like, for years. Of course, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my workout playlist. That's my, <laughs> that's my jam. That's it. <laughs> But yeah, no, I met him on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday morning. I went into the theatre at 9 o'clock in the morning and rehearsed all day just with him, just yep. with the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then I played the show that night. So wow. that was, uh, that was, it, I was only kind of nervous because it was so, like, fast. Yeah. And I had no real chance to really study the material as much as I would have liked. But, you know, it was great fun. So I've been in that pit. I've mm. been in the, the pit for, uh, I think it was West Side Story with mm. Darren were playing it. Mm. so funny it was just amazing and for, for anyone who's seen a, a theatre show there's not music the whole way through mm. and I was just sitting there next to Darren on a chair mm. he's on his kit behind his you know mm. um, windows of mm-hmm. you know silence <laughs> yes. and uh, they'd be playing and then all of a sudden they're like let's start reading a book that's it that's and it. then they they go ah oh, the book down they get ready and they play like five, six bars on whatever. Yeah. And then read the book. That's it. Yeah, it's, it is an incredibly wow. strange performance environment. Mm. Um, were you in the pit with the rest of the band? No, or? actually, we were um, on stage for that show. Okay, cool. So we were not visible all the time. There was a big screen that came in mm-hmm. sometime. But uh, one of the, the strangest kind of performance experiences, I guess, that I had was playing uh, Miss Saigon, right. which is another theatre show. But uh, myself and the percussionist, we had huge setups, yeah, and they were, it was too big to have in the pit. So we were actually in a separate room out the back, and the rest of the orchestra was in the other was in the actual mm-hmm. pit, and we were all hooked up with you know in ears and videos yeah. and stuff. But that was really strange because we'd finish uh, a piece, and it would be silent. Like we couldn't hear any applause. There was no one else, like couldn't see yeah. anyone else in the orchestra. It was just like us in some back room. And, yeah, right. But, Playing uh, table tennis. Yeah, between that's seat. it. Everyone else was coming in their nice blacks and yeah. we were just rocking up in jeans and a shirt and yeah, doing right. it. And wow. Very strange. But um, but yeah, another another cool you know experience. So moving back to Adelaide, doing the Grease show, you're doing a heap of stuff with some other amazing Adelaide talent. You mm-hmm. know, you, you rattled off a few. Mm. Um, so, but you've recorded a CD. Mm-hmm. You did that while you were away? Yeah. I, well, I did it um, in one of the first breaks uh, that I had since, like, when, once I started the show. Mm-hmm. So, 
we're, we were in Japan for about seven or eight months. And, um, yeah, one of the first times I actually came back to Australia on a two-week break, um, I recorded the album. Um, so, yeah, that was back in 2010. Recorded that at Chapel. At Chapel Lane, yeah. yeah with um, a bunch of extremely talented yeah. Adelaide musicians. Yeah. Um, Who did you have? Uh, I had Damien Steele-Scott on yeah, bass, right. Adam Page nice. on sax, um, Shane Ellery and Paul White on okay. keyboards, Davian Asensi on guitar, and my dad on right. percussion. Your dad's a big player here. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, doing, a, he's, he's rocking it. Absolutely, cool. yeah, yeah. So that was, um, it was, it was you know, great to, to do. That was my first, like, solo album and the first thing that I'd actually written music for specifically, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for release. Um, and as it's turned out, that's been one of the things that I that I started doing on tour a lot was writing music. Okay. Um, because during the day, like, you kind of have all day to do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, so, you're, you're, so your day job starts mm. at, like, 7? Yeah, whenever you want. at 11? That's it. Like, yeah. you know, when the show starts, yeah, you yeah. be there and do your thing. And Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. When we, we usually get to the show... We have an eight o'clock show. You get there at six. We do a sound check, you know, do the makeup, have something to eat, and do the show and head home. So the rest of the time is really your own vineyards. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, but um, but I you know travel with a little um, portable studio setup oh, that really? I'd set okay. up in the hotel and oh, okay. just you know would would write music there and um, so you don't just play drums. You you wrote everything. You yeah, you yeah. Took care of the whole. I thing. play a, a very. A, little bit of keyboard okay uh, just enough to to, to write yeah pretty yeah, much and you brought the sheets back and you said here's your bits that's it yeah yeah, yeah. Right. i emailed the guys the charts and the demos the midi demos mm. a, a few weeks before mm-hmm. and then we went in on monday rehearsed all day and then tracked on tuesday and wednesday and awesome then i flew out i think the friday so and that's a, is that, that's that's a cd, a CD? yeah right there there's one we prepared earlier there you go wow yeah 2010 2010 2010 ben that's it so um so yeah. that's the, uh, the disc, and you've got nine tracks on here. Yes. Very that's cool. It. Yeah. So uh, I wrote all of them and collaborated on two of them with the with the keyboard player, Paul White. So, okay. So, uh, yeah. But um, nice, nice. Yeah. from there, another thing that I started working on on tour was actually doing a, a play-along book like <laughs> yeah. of that material. I've got that. Oh, you yeah. have this one? I, yeah, cool. Yeah. I love it. So, so good. Um, yeah, it, it's, do you know what I'm going to do one day though? What's that? You know, you see everyone they 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 get the playalongs, and they look at the music. Mm. You know, and the whole idea of it is, um, oh, is this the playalong to that? Yes. I've got the playalong to the other one. Ah, okay, cool. What's cool. that one called? That's um, that's just uh, that's called playtime series. Yes, yeah. Play, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got that one. Okay, cool. What I want to do one day is mm. like go into a studio, mm. have it all set up really pretty, mm-hmm. but just. Just play that the whole way through. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no Definitely. way I can keep up with this stuff. Oh man, it's, it's insane. The thing about it is, it's I, I didn't really. It's not like a necessarily like a. This is an add-on to this, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is just something nice. You know, what's he doing there? Check it out. You, yeah, exactly. But with your with your play along. Yeah. With your uh, play time, mm-hmm. that's um, that's designed to. It's, it's for drummers to learn and hone their craft. That's it. Yeah. As and well this, as being some great music as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, they're, they're both. Um, I, I tried to start this little series of play-along things and not necessarily like a progressive, like beginner, intermediate, advanced. This is just the stuff I write. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't think there's a lot of play-along material out there for drummers that is just fun music, you mm-hmm. know. And if you want to play however you want, but, you know, that's kind of just what I... Yeah, if you want to do that, that's cool, man. No worries. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's more of just like, you know, 
some good music yeah. to, to have fun so with. So that's what I'll do, right? We'll have, we'll have the, mm-hmm. the track playing, we'll have a split screen. Mm. Ben on one screen and me on the other screen. Yeah. And Ben's just going to town, mm. making everything sound amazing, and I'm just like, nah. I'm you can do that. Sweating at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Make yeah. sure you get your foot cam, though. Yes, that's you need the, the foot cam. It'll be on my left foot. The left foot, yeah. Because yeah. no, my right foot's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, man. Yeah. Well, you've got to get out of here. Cool. Um, there's, look, half hour or whatever we've done is, is definitely mm. not enough. There's, there's so much. So at, at some point, we'll do a, we'll do a part two. Oh, I love maybe, that. Maybe add a, add a kit. Yeah. You know, talk about some stuff. And, no problem. You know, are you putting out a... So what's next? What's next? What's ne- well, um... At the moment, I'm still trying to decide if we'll go back on tour or not. Yeah. Um, but between now and then, I'm going to record another um, album. Okay. Potentially another two albums because right. I have a, a quintet um, now as well as the a second album of this bigger band. Mm-hmm. So I have a home studio that I'm planning to record those. Yeah. Ones. Talk about yeah. your um, drum tracks online. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, I just started that uh, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, because you know, over the years, I guess of of you know collecting studio gear, mm. I now have a pretty nice setup at home, and and I can record drums for people at you know really cheap because yeah. it's all there, you know, all my gear's there, it's all set up all the time. So, yeah, you send send me a track, I put drums on it, and yeah. then send yeah. it back. So that's so good. Yeah, yeah it's I great. Saw it the other day, I'm like, that's so good. Yeah, man, I love it. It's the way it's the way it is. Mark Shulman's been doing that stuff for years. That's and, it. You know, that's and it. there's all the Skype lessons, but this is. You know, it's good, and your mm. your diversity will come in as well because mm. you might get a rock geek mm-hmm. and slam out a rock thing. You yeah, might get a yeah. jazz thing. And, yeah, yeah. You know, do they do you get do you get some guidance onto what they want? As oh yeah. Want? yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, we, there's a lot of discussion before I actually yeah. start recording, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's a great formula that's just become so easy now yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know gear is is certainly not as expensive as it used to be, yeah. and the fact that like studio hire is mm-hmm. constantly like going up. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I, I love doing it. I really That's love cool. doing it. So yeah, yeah. online session drumtracks.com. There it is. That's it. All right, man. <laughs> dude. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for having again. me. My pleasure, man. No problem. Um, good. We uh, so your gig tonight. Yes. Um, what? type of venue whereabouts it's a it's a jazz quartet yep um so yeah it's with james muller and chris sewell and tim bowen mm-hmm. and it's at a place called vinyl right and uh yeah it's every thursday okay. eight o'clock and um yeah we play kind of contemporary jazz and some original stuff some you know cover things okay. so it's a lot of fun yeah all right man cool good thanks everybody for sticking around uh, this is part one of maybe part there'll be a part two three four five and six <laughs> because this guy's got so much information I'm Pete from ETI. This is Ben. Thanks for watching. Uh, check out some more interviews at etimusic.com. Thanks. Thanks again, man. No worries. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Dude, thanks, man. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Awesome to have you here. No worries at all. Privilege cool. for me, mate. Right? Thank you for listening to this archive video podcast. This audio was taken from a previously recorded video interview. If you want to check out the video, simply head to PeteBarter.com. We hope you enjoyed Pete's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think will get value. And if you haven't already, head to PeteBarter.com for more Pete Barter content. And remember, do something good for yourself and someone else today. Thanks for listening.